Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, I'm Akiko Yanagisawa, and you're listening to Sorry Partner. Hello and welcome to Sorry Partner, a weekly podcast about bridge and all things interesting to bridge players, brought to you by Bridge Partners and Friends, Catherine Harris and Jocelyn Starts. On today's program, we talk with Japanese champion Akiko Yanagasawa about bridge lessons and learning and initiatives to promote bridge in Japan. Plus, she shares her top tip for developing players. But first, let's kibitz. Hi, partner. Hi, Catherine. How are you? Jocelyn, I'm terrific. And I am dying to hear how you are because I know you've been on vacation. Yes, I went with my family down to Southern California to have just a relaxing vacation on the beach. And that was terrific. But the best part of all was that I checked out the local bridge club. Hey, wonderful. A lovely bridge player that I had met just a few weeks ago, had recommended this particular club. I was going to contact the club about finding a partner when my daughter suggested that she join me and play with me. Hell, wow, that's great. So, (laughs) yes, I was thrilled. I had taught my daughter When she was in eighth grade, I gave a little class. It was like an after school thing, like parents would teach cooking class or drama class or whatever it was. And I had a bridge class and I had eight students, very much beginning. And so my daughter had done that class, but that was a long time ago. And then I had once taken her with me to the bridge club. I think I forced her (laughs) when we were on vacation in Hawaii and I was dying to play bridge and I didn't know how to find a partner. So I made her come with me. So it's really been a while. It had been over 10 years since I last took her to play. 
and she didn't remember too much of the class that I taught her. So on the car ride to the South Orange County Bridge Center in San Juan Capistrano, which is so nice, such a nice club. On our way there in the car, I went over opening bids with her, and that was pretty much all we covered. So she knew the mechanics of the play, but she didn't remember much about the bidding. So then we get there and we sign up and they are very nice. And they put us in the limited game, which I was relieved about. It did create a howl movement, which I'm sure people didn't love. And that was <laughs> to accommodate the two of us. But it was much better than if we had had to play in the open section. Um, and so we just started playing and, you know, but the very first hand... She's the declarer in four spades. And I'm noticing she's not drawing Trump. And, and and she says at some point, she says, have spades been broken? This four spades concert. And I said, you don't have to worry about that. At which point the opponent said to us, you know, we take bridge very seriously. And that's a lot. You know, you should not be saying that. Yeah. I hadn't gone so far as to say, start drawing Trumps right away. <laughs> but they had a point, which was, I was just like, no, you don't have to wait for that. <laughs> she was thinking of hearts, where you have to wait for hearts to be broken before you can lead them. Uh. And and so that was a bit of a schlamozzle. <laughs> <laughs> that hand, the very first hand, she's playing four spades. We... Did fine, though. I mean, she she declared five hands of the 24. Wow. And the best part was she completely loved it. Oh, that's great. She had the best time. And she wants to start playing, which is so good. So we're trying to set her up with, you know, a club and classes where she lives. And yeah, super, super exciting. Oh, and the other part was on the way there, I had said to her, listen, if you want, you can just pass the whole time and I'll just try to do the best I can right. bidding based on my cards and what the opponents are and are not doing. And she said, nah, no, I'll try. And so yeah. she, and as I said, she ended up being the declarer for five boards. So she certainly was bidding and it was great. Yeah, we had no systems, no stamen. No transfers, no one, no Trump responses even. It was just completely, she knew about opening bids and that was it. Yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. And how did you feel like, could you relax and enjoy it? Or were you worried about her? Or did you even feel a bit tense? Like, oh, I want you to bid X and she'd bid Y or, you know, how was no, it? No, I didn't care about that at all. All I cared about was not annoying the opponents too much <laughs> with the fact that we had no agreement. So I, every time we sat down, I would pre-alert by saying, we have no system, we have no alerts, no agreements, everything will be completely natural. And we've only played once before at a club, and that was over 10 years ago. <laughs> so every time I sat down, I tried to, to give that spiel. And other than that, no, but people were so... Nice. I think oh. that that first pair was rightfully annoyed at the idea that I was certainly like, no, <laughs> you can start like the implication was start drawing Trump's ASAP. Yeah. But everybody else was so, so welcoming. I think they're so happy to see a young person 
playing the cards and seeming to enjoy herself. I mean, she she did so well. She made a top on one of the boards she declared a three no trump and she made it because she plays like hearts and spades. So she has a sense of of how trick games work. Got it. And that was, you know, that was certainly helpful. But I think she could be terrific. So. Oh, that's gorgeous. And how nice for you to be able to play with your daughter like that, because that's something you'll be able to share going forward. Well, I have great plans now, and I'm not sure that (laughs) I I have to be very careful because I don't want to be overbearing. (laughs) I'm sure she's loving all the encouragement, Jocelyn, and I'm sure she had a great time playing with you. She seemed to like it. Hi, I'm Jim from the Chicago area, and I'm a listener supporter of Sorry Partner. What I really like about the show is it makes me laugh. And some of the things that come up in the show, uh, I'll be out for a walk or I'll be working out and I just laugh out loud. It's so nice. Not only does the show make me laugh, but it also helps make me a better bridge player. If you are thinking about supporting the show, There is a link to their Patreon page on their website. It's self-explanatory on on where to go from there. If you find them to be valuable and it's important to you that they continue to exist, then I recommend supporting and I do support those kinds of things. And we're back. I was playing online the other day and, you know, we'd had that situation recently with the bbo helper and oh the extension yeah yeah and and someone's alerted some bit and it made no sense to me so i typed into the person you know what does the alert mean and they're like i don't have an alert and i was like oh <laughs> light bulb moment and i wrote to them do you have bbo helper and they were like yes i do and i explained what was going on and so i think they temporarily disabled it But this leads me to share with you that we've actually heard from the developer of the program, BBO Helper, Matthew Kidd. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, really nice, really nice. And he wrote quite a long explanation, which I edited down. But the bottom line is we got it a bit wrong, Jocelyn. (laughs) I'm sure we did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It turns out, of course, that it's much more customizable than we had realized. So I'll just read you a pricey of of his message. He says, if you click on the BBO helper icon on the browser toolbar, you'll see the option define auto alerts where you can choose the auto alert settings. Or you can just disable the auto alerts entirely by choosing the quick settings menu and then uncheck enable auto alerts. And then he says, BBO helper has what I think is pretty good documentation for a small project but that doesn't mean people will read the documentation. Ah, Oops. Guilty, guilty, Matthew. I'm so sorry. I hadn't read it. Then he says he's been thinking of adding a screen that says something like BBO helper can save you time by automatically alerting some bids. Would you like to enable this feature? Which he thinks is a good idea, but he says you can't just sort of whip up something like that quickly. So he's going to think about whether he can develop that or add that into the program to make it easier to use. But yes, so apologies. Wow. Well, Matthew, thank you. And what you do is extraordinary. Uh, yes. Just, you know, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Yes. Yeah. And thanks so much for writing, Matthew. We appreciate it. And we're really sorry if we gave people the wrong impression. Anyway, it sounds like a great <laughs> tool. Check it out. 
check it out. We've also had a couple of letters. Jocelyn, would you like me to read them to you? Yes, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) This first one is from Jay in Sydney, and this is in response to your call out for bridge jargon. He says, I would like to introduce you to a bit of bridge slang we enjoy at our club, which is the Sydney Bridge Centre. I think it's a local term, but I consider that it deserves a wider audience. When there has been a serious misfire in the bidding, and despite heroic rescue efforts, you end up in a contract from hell, (laughs) you know just how partner is going to feel when they're dummy. Despite this, you're rewarded with a top. And the name for this is a stumble top. Once again, proving that bridge ain't fair. Thank you again for your podcasts. I like your lighthearted approach and the fact that you always offer some meat with the salad. Cheers, <laughs> Jack. <laughs> so a stumble top. Stumble top. Well, yeah. I feel like that is the stuff that a lot of our letters are made of and the stuff we love to talk about. It's those situations where something has gone completely kablooey and yet <laughs> yeah. it works out. Yeah. Yeah. What a relief. What a relief. <laughs> Woohoo. We have also heard from Katie and, and Katie writes to us via Instagram, which, you know, people, you can write to us on Instagram. Not many people have. We tend to get emails, which is great. You can also send us a voice message. But Katie's message is from Instagram and it's titled No Losers in Bridge. Hi, Catherine and Jocelyn. I have a story of naivety and negligence at the table that you might enjoy. I started playing bridge last November. I'm 19 and I learned from the kind and patient teammates on my college bridge team. Very nice. For some reason, I thought it would be a good idea to go to a tournament, my first. I had never played Swiss style or with imps before, so I was curious how that would affect strategy in the game. In one of the last boards of the first day, My partner opened two clubs and I passed. Yep. Two clubs is the first artificial bid I ever learned and it's also the easiest one to remember. My opponents asked me what I thought her bid meant and I confidently said, lengthen clubs. (laughs) (laughs) My partner looked at me mortified. Luckily, the opponents doubled and having realised I'd forgotten, I ended up bidding two no trumps and we made one over trick. Anywho. A wise woman named Phyllis once told me that she's never lost at bridge. She's only ever won or learned something. (laughs) I strongly agree with that sentiment. You lovely ladies and your guests have taught me a lot so far. Keep it up and bid carefully. Thanks, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Katie. That's great. That's great. Thanks, Katie. Yeah, and another young person learning to play bridge. So that's wonderful and good on you for getting out there, Katie. And As we've been discussing recently, first tournaments are always nerve-wracking. So stick at it and let us know how you go. So if you have any fun stories about college bridge or playing with your kids or more stumble top stories, always welcome. Please do send them to us at sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram or send us a voice message. These links are all in the show notes and on the website at sorrypartner.com and maybe we'll read them out on the show. Coming up next, our interview with Akiko Yonagasawa.
Japanese champion Akiko Yanagisawa knew of bridge from movies and books, such as Agatha Christie's Cards on the Table, but she didn't take up the game until after she'd graduated from university. She has gone on to represent Japan at various national and international tournaments, including the World Team Championships, the World Bridge Championships, and the Venice Cup. She is a research fellow at Waseda University, where she teaches bridge as a mind sport. And she is a board member of the Japanese Contract Bridge League, where she spearheads several campaigns to promote bridge in Japan. We began by asking how she learned to play. I joined the introductory course in what we call Culture Center in Japan, which offers a lot of classes for adults. So I joined the contract bridge class. Yeah. At what point in your life did you take the class? I started after I graduated university. Oh, that's very interesting. What made you think to take a bridge class? Well, actually, I know the name of contract bridge through the novel of Agatha Christie and also movies. So I had uh, some interest in bridge, but... Of course, no one around me played bridge. But when I joined the American consulting company after the graduation of the university, one of my colleagues had mentioned in his profile, you know, contract bridge. So I went to him, can you teach me contract bridge, which I have been interested? And he said, well, actually, teaching bridge to the very beginner is the most difficult part. So if you learn bridge outside some, somewhere, I can probably play bridge once with you. You know, he was very arrogant. <laughs> and <laughs> so, well, I tried to look for the bridge classes, you know, for the others who have a, you know, job in, in the data. But actually the bridge classes available in Japan were for someone who can take courses in the daytime. So I couldn't find any nighttime course. So it took me for a while until I get started learning bridge. And how did that go? Well, actually, when I started learning bridge, I find it very interesting. So I would like to share my experience with my colleagues at the office. I worked for the British Diplomatic Organization. So probably nearly half of my colleagues were foreigners, non-Japanese. So I thought somebody, especially for diplomats, should know, you know, how to play bridge. But actually, I couldn't find anyone. So I started inviting uh, my colleagues to share my bridge experience at the lunchtime. And three of the people joined me. So we have a, actually, at that time, 90 minutes lunchtime. So we, we started playing bridge in my office for 90 minutes, probably <laughs> twice a week. So that was my, you know, experience. And uh, apart from it, I haven't thought that I would like, well, actually at that time, I didn't know that there is an international competitions or even bridge professionals. I didn't know that at all. So I started just as a hobby, but actually my teacher has said, you know, there is uh, another stage for you to play bridge and you should consider Praying in that in a platform in the future. So, hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How did that happen? How did you go from playing at the office to playing competitively? I continued to take lessons, group lessons, not at the culture center, but with my original teacher. He offered the private group lessons. Then some people have asked me to play as a pair in the international competitions. So with that kind of invitations, I started thinking of playing in the more competitive bridge. And did you immediately enjoy that? Oh, yes. But actually, yes. I first time tried for the, uh, you know, Japan national team in 2007 for the first international mind sports games in Beijing. And uh, I was successful to be a member of Japan national ladies team. Then I first time went to the international games in Beijing which was very exciting because it held just after the main Olympics and Paralympics. And we used the same venue. We saw the bird's nest at the National Olympic Center, you know, in front of our hotel. So it was very exciting because it's a, a kind of Olympics. There's no selection stage of each region. Every country can send the team. So compared to the Venice Cup, etc., we have more people with uh, different levels. And uh, we wear the national costume sometimes, you know, some teams wear the national costume. So it's more interesting. So I enjoy the atmosphere and also just participation is important, as they said, for Olympics. But after I thought this is a stage I would always like to play. So 2008 was a very important year for me, for my bridge life. Akiko, going back to something you said earlier, you mentioned a person, I thought it was a work colleague, who said he would not teach you, but he would play with you once you learned. Did you go back and play with that person? Uh, No, unfortunately, he left the office. So if I had a chance to bump with him somewhere, I would send I would like to play. I can play bridge with you once. 
<laughs> I would love to hear about that. <laughs> well, it's a joking, but <laughs> that would be very funny. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite tournament that you like to play? Well, the Venice Cup. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is something totally different. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What mm. makes it different? Well, actually, we're playing bridge in a totally different atmosphere. It's quite interesting and also attractive for me. I enjoy communicating with the people who I first meet or, you know, who I haven't been able to meet, you know, usually. Of course, playing bridge with a competitive player is more exciting. Of course, it's tough, but it gives me a lot of tips as well. So you like to meet the really top-level players and to play that top-level competition. Yes, yes. What's the most unusual place that you've played bridge? Well, it may not be unusual, but when we played APBF in Kuala you know, we feel like uh, playing in a refrigerator because the temperature outside is so high. Every facilities, hotels, you know, and hospitals, anywhere is use the air conditioning. Air conditioning. So we we felt playing like in Siberia. <laughs> so everybody is so freezing. And did you have to bundle up wearing a parka and mittens and scarves? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, actually, it took place in summer, but actually, our clothes was for winter. How do you like to unwind after a tournament? We just relax and we don't exchange opinions. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that is something I learned after participating in you know, several international match because we can't regain what we lost after the games and uh, serious discussions. I usually don't work. So we just try to relax and spend good time with good food and good drink and also good sleep. Yeah. Looking back since your experience in Beijing in 2008, was there a particular aspect of your game that you worked the hardest on after that to get to be such a strong player? For the Beijing, uh, we were lucky to have Eric Kokish private lessons, which was amazing. And we realized that such lessons by the real professional coach is quite crucial to improve our bridge skills. But unfortunately, we couldn't find such equivalent level coach in Japan, but continue to take lessons and also in a class to learn the bidding skills but also taking a private lessons or, you know, playing with professional in uh, competitions. So probably that actually helped a lot. And also, well, especially in the last few years, I was lucky to have the Japan national champion as a coach. So that made a huge change of my rich skill, I think. And what skills did you notice got better? Bidding and also seeing the big picture of the uh, bridge hands. That's about it. Yeah. A lot of our listeners are very interested in how people develop their skills 
at being able to visualize the hands. Any tips for visualizing the hands? Well, I would like to ask you the same question. I'm in the course of, you know, learning it. So, and also, if I knew it, I wouldn't tell you, you know, because you could be honest. Sorry. <laughs> if you could change one thing about your game, what would it be? Well, take time before I play cards. Take more time. That's something my coach is always telling me. Because you play cards too quickly, you make mistakes. So that's something I continue to pay attention. Is there a hot button issue about bridge that's really important to you? Actually, I'm a board member of the Japan Contract Bridge League and looking after promotion and also PR. And that's my more important agenda in my bridge life. Can you tell us about that? What do you do to help promote bridge in Japan? Well, I've just started two projects. One is to promote bridge for the each zone from 25 to 55, you know, is quite important. But before I talk about this, can I just briefly explain about how Japan Bridge Society is formed up? Yes. Okay. The, the current bridge society is constructed by the two big groups. One is the housewives who have lived overseas because of accompanying their husbands working in the foreign nations. And they learn bridge in overseas and they continue to play bridge in Japan. And uh, the ladies from probably 50s to 80s, we have a very big group of those ladies still enjoy playing bridge almost every day. And the other big group is the male players who learn bridge in universities or the companies they joined after the graduation. Some companies have a bridge clubs in their company. And uh, so the male workers learn bridge and uh, enjoy, enjoy bridge in the company. And also they join in the, you know, weekly bridge competitions. So they're big. But because of the declining of Japanese economy, as well as uh, more individualism, so the social activities in the company has been shrinking in Japan because the young business workers don't like to work with their senior colleagues after work. So the club social activities are declining. So we just launched the project to promote bridge for the business workers. The actually, the company I work as an independent director has decided to support the promotion of the bridge amongst businessmen, you know, contact bridge as a mind spot for the extension of your life expectancy. Of course, you know, maintaining physical condition is important by good food, good sleep, and good exercise, but also to have a good life. Maintaining your mental condition is very important. So we started offering bridge sessions to those people. That's one thing I've said. And also, we need to focus more young people. So I've started the dialogue with uh, one of the municipal government 
to introduce quarter bridge for the junior high school students. So we've, we tried to implement contract bridge as a club activities for the junior school level. And that's been getting a lot of positive reception? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are lots of challenge. So we just started. Uh, we like to see the progress. Uh, we, we are looking for the progress. That's wonderful. Obviously, promoting bridge in Japan is important to you, but I'd love to hear more about why it's important to you. I studied as a master degree, you know, course in the Western University graduate school. And in the course of my study, I had great opportunities to communicate with uh, national bridge organizations of many countries, probably over 30, and exchange the ideas and got their tips for the promotion of the bridge. And some nations like Poland and Netherlands was successful to get the government funding to take bridge promotion as a national scheme, especially focusing on the seniors to prevent them to be isolated from the society and also to maintain their mental, physical conditions, which is great. And also country like China is focusing on youngsters and to getting medals is a national how to say, big target. So they are focusing, they provide a lot of offers to the youngsters to be a good bridge players. And also some countries, Olympic committees are supporting the promotion of bridge. As a mind sport, I notice that bridge has a lot of opportunities to be promoted for the lots of people. And that has given me great motivation to promote bridge in Japan. Do you have a favorite convention that you love to play with your partners? Well, actually, uh, yes. Very strange, but weak to diamonds. You're not alone. <laughs> but I can't tell you how many of our guests love to pick on two diamonds. They either do, they have a favorite convention, or they love just plain old weak two diamonds. It's funny, it's always two diamonds. <laughs> Oh, really? Well, actually, people use two diamonds in a many different ways. But my two diamonds, I like two diamonds as a week. The reason is very simple. Because if I played 100 balls and I would have 1,300 cards for the 100 balls, probably 500 cards are diamonds. So I hold diamonds often. So that's why. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. <laughs> yes, my best friend is diamonds. <laughs> but actually, it worked very well. What about conventions that you're not such a fan of? Well, I don't like the transfer response convention. You know, we always had a program to cope with it. So, yeah. You don't mind playing it yourself. You don't like it when the opponents use it against you. <laughs> I don't either. It's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the best advice or tip that you've ever been given at Bridge? Okay. Uh, probably everybody makes mistakes. So don't take it so serious. You can always catch up and be calm and relax and enjoy the game. Thank you so much for joining us, Akiko. It's been terrific talking to you. 
My pleasure. Thank you very much. And that's the show. Many thanks to our guest, Akiko Yanagasawa. Thank you also to our friend, Larry Cohen, and to our listener supporters who make the show possible. Sorry Partner is produced by Catherine Harris with production assistance from Paul Chirasso. Our theme music was composed by Jocelyn Starts and produced by Daniel Graboy. Send your bridge stories and comments to sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail.com or at sorrypartnerpodcast on Instagram or send us a voice message. And please consider supporting the show. These links and a link to our merch store are under the episode description in your app on the website at sorrypartner.com or wherever you like to listen. We'd love to hear from you, but be nice or we'll call the director. Until next week, play well. May all your finesses be on side. And remember, as Akiko says, be calm, relax, and enjoy the game. Thank you, partner. Thank you, partner. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.